Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave, and thank you for listening. This is episode number 18, I believe, and today I'm talking with Lulu Santana, the director of Campus Ministry. Uh, Lulu, as she's known, started as a graduate program uh, resident minister, as it was called back then, uh, living on the seventh floor of SWIG Residence Hall, and that was back in 1996, and she has primarily worked in campus ministry ever since. She is transitioning out of the role at the end of the year, so make sure to stop by campus ministry and thank her for her many years of service. In this episode, we talk about what she learned from her time living in SWIG, what changes she has noticed in the past 20 years, and how campus ministry engages students of different religious traditions. Um, We also touch on her volunteering work in San Jose County Jails and how that informs her work in campus ministry at Santa Clara. So thank you so much for listening and please enjoy the conversation. All right, well, welcome Lulu Santana to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I'd love to start out by asking, what were your career plans in college? What kind of things were you involved with at that time in Mm -hmm. your life? Um, So as an undergrad, I went to a community college and then I transferred to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Um, At that time, my plans were I was going to graduate with a degree in political science and return to my hometown of Oxnard um, after getting a teaching credential so I could teach social science in high school. Um, And that was the plan until probably my senior year in college. Um, At that point, I had gotten involved a lot in the church, the Catholic Church in San Luis Obispo, another mission, uh, Mm -hmm. Mission San Luis Obispo. And um, people planted the seeds of being able to do the kind of work of ministry on a more full-time basis. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, well, what do I need to do to do that? Mm -hmm. And so I was directed to look into pastoral ministries programs, and that led me to Santa Clara University, Mm -hmm. um, which... I had thought Santa Clara University was in Santa Clarita, California, <laughs> so um, I wasn't on my map, but it became it got on my map, um, and that's what brought me to Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Um, my intent when I was doing my graduate studies um, in pastoral ministries was to work in a large multicultural parish. Um, that was kind of my intent, but in my second year as a grad student, I lived in Swig as a what we called then resident minister. I lived on the seventh floor. Um, That was a pretty exciting experience. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I was also working part-time at a parish. Um, By the end, when I was looking for jobs, full-time jobs, um, someone suggested I should apply for campus ministry. Um, But I remember responding, well, that wasn't the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just gave it a shot, and I realized that... um, the highlight of my day when I was working in a parish, when I was in SWIG and other things, was when I was on SWIG on the seventh mm-hmm. floor um, and just 
being with students in their, you know, highs and lows and, uh-huh. and everything in between. So um, I have to thank that um, that class, class of 2000, I guess it would be, of Santa Clara students that helped me um, decide to stay here for a while. Mm. What did you What did you learn while living on the seventh floor of Swig? It seems like <laughs> such a, a crazy place to be in a in a in a religious role. So, what, yeah. what do you have any I don't know any stories from that time that you still remember? Or, uh? Yeah, I do. It, it actually it, it's even though it was a long time ago, it it um, it, it feels like yesterday. Um, so I remember being very nervous about uh, meeting students and wondering. What are they going to think of me? You know, do they have these, you know, assumptions of what a resident minister is or is not? And and so I remember um, being able to just get to know people and listen. And and there were kind of the opportunities where, you know, silly stuff was happening on the floor and just being able to kind of like enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, my room was on the end where there was a water fountain mm-hmm. and... I realized if I kept my door open, there would be students who would make their way to the water fountain. And it kind of was a an easier way to kind of stop by and talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of a reason why they came to the floor, but then mm-hmm. talked to me. And so, you know, the um, I remember Halloween, which was um, a time that a lot of people had, um, you know, I think it was a it was one of those moments where people are exploring kind of what am I going to do socially, mm-hmm. um, how do I connect, how do I do it safely, mm-hmm. um, and I remember some students and who had gone off to off campus parties and coming back some students in better shape than others, um, and I remember the way in which students looked out for each other, um, and that was something that I appreciated, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, I still am in touch with some of those students mm-hmm. from that year, and we can recall on some of those mm-hmm. moments um, and laugh. But, um, yeah, there were some great conversations about life, family, being homesick, mm-hmm. um, you know, questions about faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, there was just, it to me, it recognized that, you know, this is a time where students are asking questions about their whole life mm-hmm. um, and being a part of being able to listen um, mm-hmm. regardless of people's faith tradition or, and that was, there was a spectrum of mm-hmm. belief and practice on that floor. And, and that was exciting for me too, mm-hmm. to be able to realize how we can have these conversations with one another um, respectfully and raise questions, mm-hmm. speak to doubts um, and also feel um, free and being able to share what one believed. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you've seen either the university or the students kind of change in the past mm-hmm. 20 years since you first came to Santa Clara? Like, have there been, it could be like some cultural changes or things yeah. you've noticed within the student population. Sure. Well, for one, the campus has grown um, mm-hmm. quite a bit. A lot more buildings here mm-hmm. than there were back then. Um, I think the cell phone has changed a lot mm-hmm. of things. Um, you know, that, that kind of, I'm thinking of the kind of the communication or, um, the ways in which things were, there were easier to gather people naturally. I mean, back then people didn't have, you know, it wasn't about, you can stream things and people didn't have their own TVs. It was like in a lounge and people would gather there Mm. for, you know, a particular show. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that was, it was a little bit easier 
I think, to have some um, opportunities to gather. And, and yeah, there, when people walked around campus, they weren't looking down texting. Um, so I noticed that that's kind of a, or had, you know, earbuds. Um, so those things that kind of, it, um, for me realized, okay, I have to go kind of, have to go about a different way to interact with people and how to kind of acknowledge, you know, my own habits have changed in terms of communication and such. And so how to not allow those to be barriers? Uh, because I, I think one thing that hasn't changed is that I think students still have a hunger for, um, you know, deep conversation, mm-hmm. um, a hunger to be heard mm-hmm. um, and to be listened to um, and connect with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so campus ministries, three values that you have on the website are mm-hmm. belonging, believing and becoming. So mm-hmm. why, why is belonging the first one? I think it, it speaks to what I mentioned is that there's, I think, a hunger that people have a desire to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in talking with first-year students, for example, those first few days are a bit nerve-wracking of, am I going to eat alone? Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to have people that I can go, you know, come down to, to Market Square and, and eat with mm-hmm. um, or socialize on the, mm-hmm. in the weekend? And so it can become an isolating experience. Um, and so I think that sense of feeling like, no, you do belong – belong to this community, belong to other people. And so I think hoping to, to foster opportunities where people can feel that sense of belonging mm-hmm. in a sense of community, certainly also within the, the sense of faith, whatever mm-hmm. that faith may be, that there is a relationship that they have that continue to foster. Mm-hmm. But I think it does, um, it does make a big difference if people feel like they belong mm-hmm. here. You know? Yeah. How does campus ministry try to facilitate that? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we have a first year retreat that we've been having for the last few years. And again, it's not at the, before classes begin, but it's a few weeks into it. Um, and that's intentional so that it's, you know, people have had a, a few weeks to kind of get their bearings. Um, but also it may be, okay, it's time to get off campus. But again, maybe if people are like, they're still wanting to connect with people and they connect. Um, I think another way is, um, CLC. Mm-hmm. Um, the Christian life communities. And so these are small groups, people that meet once a week, um, and there's some large group events, social and other and service opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so again, to build some relationships with people you may not know, mm-hmm. but have some shared values. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other way of belonging is how we try to support um, other religious groups mm-hmm. in having different events here. Um, I think that's still an area of a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but for example, having a space where people of all faiths can meditate or pray in, in the meditation room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard that from students, not only you know undergraduate, but graduate students, uh, very appreciative of having a space that's open and accessible in a central location um, where they can, they feel free to pray in their own creed um and so i think those are some ways and 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 i think again an area of growth because how do we kind of know and communicate that desire to support and resource students um you know and first the welcome weekend we have a habdala you know celebration with halala silicon valley to welcome our Jewish students and families. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there can be a lot of questions for students who aren't Catholic or Christian mm-hmm. of, do I belong here mm-hmm. in Santa Clara? And 
and for campus ministry, our the message we hope is conveyed is it's be, you know it is from our Catholic and Jesuit tradition that we want everyone to feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, on that on that line, how do you think about maybe like running programs that cater to both Catholic students mm-hmm. and non-Catholic? Because obviously yeah. the majority of the university is Catholic, but they're at the same time you're trying to foster mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the sense of diversity and then I guess also how does that play in with students who maybe had religious experience in the Mm -hmm. past but now kind of don't want any part of it because I feel like there's some of that yeah attitudes absolutely absolutely actually the you know the growing the growing trend among college students and this isn't just Santa Clara but I think this is across the country is students who identify as none Mm -hmm. um and and that you know kind of on the common app saying none Mm -hmm. um and, and so many of those students are what you've described, maybe had some form of religious upbringing and have decided that that's, you know, not something that is um, part of a priority for them or there has been, you know, um, conflict and t- tension around that. Um, so there are some of the programs that we've adapted so that it's opportunities for students of different places of belief to be able to reflect on questions of meaning um, and purpose, um, where students who are approaching those questions from a faith perspective will bring that, and students for whom you know it's other values will draw on that. Um, even something like our interfaith programming, the interfaith dinner discussion, um, you know, there may be people representing different faiths, but we've also recognized it's often people who may have had a particular religious tradition but are also kind of recognizing they have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's a sense of comfort that I've heard of hearing other people from other faith traditions also wrestle with questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that is, is, is one way. Um, you know, when I meet with parents at orientation, some parents express their concern mm-hmm. that, you know, they've raised their student in a particular faith tradition, you know, whether it's Catholic or um, Orthodox, Jewish, and will there be opportunities for them to continue? Or what can we do to guarantee mm-hmm. that they will continue to um, practice that? And, and you know, I've always been very honest. I'm like, there's no guarantees mm-hmm. in that. Um, I think this is a, a really pivotal time in a person's development mm-hmm. of you know, there's a lot of things converging together, mm-hmm. and there's also this newfound freedom. Um, mm-hmm. And um, for some students, it may be that you know, coursework is going to take priority, mm-hmm. and maybe being involved in this club or that club is going to take priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to faith, there really isn't like if you don't do something now, it's too late later on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's always a I don't know, you know, I, I remember there was a, a student years ago who wanted to be involved in a particular way in campus ministry all through undergraduate years, and she would stop by and say, I want to sign up, I want to sign up, you know, never did. When she became a law student here mm-hmm. um, was when she's like, okay, now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And to me, that speaks of, again, the there needs to be a kind of a, I've always approached it with a respect for, you know, Everyone has their time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't see it necessarily the success in, you know, the number of attendance at a particular event 
because I think what I most want is whatever's going to lead a student to their own sense of, of transformation and, and certainly from my perspective and how that um, how their faith their spirituality belief is part of that um, it, there's mystery there and I think I um, I would say myself and also the rest of the staff try to respect that mystery um, I think we want to invite and and listen to where is the need where is the desire um, and so that has led us to you know, evolve over the years mm-hmm. um, to try to, and there's probably, there's still a lot more growth to happen mm-hmm. for us as a staff in responding to the changing needs mm-hmm. um, and demographics of mm-hmm. our campus. Mm-hmm. What programs or maybe types of events have you seen maybe the biggest have the biggest impact hmm. in the last couple of years? Um, so I I would say student certainly our our student internship program mm-hmm. um, has. Been, you know, when I first started here, there were four students that lived in a house, and that was our our peer ministry program. Mm -hmm. And with the um, development of the RLC program and people living in residence and communities for longer, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that that model doesn't fit anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we began with six interns in different areas, and now we have 14, 15 Mm -hmm. student interns, plus graduate assistants as well um, that focus on graduate students. And that has, I think, really shifted our ability to understand, have a better grasp on where students are, um, um, the outreach that students themselves make with their peers is very different than what us as staff can do. And so that has been key. And, and we give a lot of time. I think, you know, the individual staff members in the mentoring of um, our students. And and certainly I see kind of long term how that and hearing back from alumni um, who have been in that, that that continues to be a very prominent experience of their Santa Clara experience. Other program that has um, probably a little bit more um, more of a mystery and that it's it's not as well known, perhaps, is our Ignatian retreat. And this is a five-day retreat at the end of um, fall quarter. Mm-hmm. So after finals, kind of catch up on one sleep, and then you go off for five days. Um, and it's a um, kind of an introduction to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. Um, and it's very much a journey into kind of interior life um, with the um, kind of journey through using um, the life of Jesus and kind of his teachings and kind of his call to kind of really understand like like who am I what am I called to um, and and how do I how do I live this life and so it's it, that certainly is a Christian retreat and yet over the last few years we've had students who knowing that and perhaps professing to to be agnostic to um, you know have other faith tradition have sought it out because it it is an experience that. Um, really invites people to a deeper exploration. Mm-hmm. And that is an experience that, you know, five, ten years out, I've heard alumni refer back to as still mm-hmm. being a very impactful experience. So a lesser known um, mm-hmm. part of campus ministry, um, but I, I would say that in terms of programs, it's probably one of the most impactful. Mm-hmm. What do you think are the most challenging and then also the most rewarding parts of your job? Um, I think there's a desire to, 
in my role, wanting to uh, meet the needs of everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just humanly impossible. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that, I think that's where I find myself kind of feeling short mm -hmm. um, that, um, you know, would wanting to, you know, respond to, to these different, you know, opportunities or questions with students. And, and again, because given our spectrum and the growing plurality of our campus, that, that makes it hard. How do you, how do we um, respond to needs in a way that's substantive and not mm -hmm. watered down because we have to cover all mm -hmm. these different things? Um, but I think that's the challenge. That's probably the biggest challenge for me. Most rewarding is, is the encounters with students. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, the privilege of listening to people, the trust that's, you know, offered, you know, at times when students say, I've never talked to this about this with anybody else. Um, and to, and to be witness to that, mm -hmm. um, that for me, you know, when I think of my 20, 22 plus years, when I began back in SWIG, um, and it's just kind of this, you know, kaleidoscope of different yeah. conversations I've had with, with students, um, and both kind of very joyful times um, to some very heart-wrenching experiences. Um, again, life doesn't like pause on everything else when mm -hmm. people are here. And so life is unfolding. What's happening here on campus, what's happening in one's family, um, what's happening in the country and in the world. And so to be able to um, listen and watch how that impacts students and how students mm -hmm. wrestle with decision-making mm -hmm. um, and perhaps offer a comforting word, a challenging word, mm -hmm. um, a, um, you know, something that might help them. That to me has been the most rewarding. Mm -hmm. And then I also read that you volunteer some in the county jails and uh, prisons. Yeah. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, how did you get started with that? And what do you enjoy yeah. about it? Um, so some years ago, probably about, Eight years ago, I had an email from a um, the coordinator of detention ministry for the diocese, the Catholic Diocese of San Jose, who was looking for some singers or musicians, college students, that might be able to help out a service at Juvenile Hall. And and so I, you know, helped make some contacts, and that was fruitful. And it just, it, it reawakened something for me in the kind of curiosity of being able to be a volunteer in a detention facility. Years ago, um, I used to go down to East LA to the Dolores Mission Immersion Trip with students. We used to do that. We started that out of campus ministry. And in those experiences, would go to Juvenile Hall, go to Mass, um, and just watch the volunteers. And again, that was just something that I, that really spoke to me, mm -hmm. but I knew I couldn't make a commitment. Mm -hmm. But eight years ago, when I got that email, I was like, oh, okay, maybe now. And so when I met, you know, um, the coordinator and I said, you know, I've always wanted to do something like this. And, and so that started, um, the opportunity. Um, so yes, I guess it's been like seven, seven, I've lost track mm -hmm. of the time, um, but I've um, I volunteered at the, the county jail um, with men um, who are awaiting trial, awaiting sentencing. Um, and it's been, I would say, kind of a life-changing experience because it's um, given me another window into humanity and where we're broken 
um, not only in terms of um, men who are, um, you know, acknowledging decisions that may not have been the best mm -hmm. or being also able to recognize the trauma that um, impacts people from such a young age that, um, you know, it's kind of a whiplash. You know, I think I go on the campus and I'm thinking the opportunities mm -hmm. that our students have here. And there's times where I've, you know, gone here and visiting some of, you know, men, same age, college age students. Mm -hmm. And I think, wow, I, you know, how can we create a better world where there's um, more opportunity um, at younger age for people that can support them? So for me, it's, it's been, um, it's also been eye-opening experience into our criminal justice system mm -hmm. um, to just out of my own ignorance come to learn, you know, wow, you know, how long it takes for somebody to maybe go to trial or um, await sentencing or people who kind of just accept long sentences because they feel like if they were to go to trial, it would be worse. Um, and the punitive nature of our sentencing time. So all those pieces have been very eye-opening to me. Um, but I think it, it, it just, you know, the same thing that has been so rewarding to me about my time at Santa Clara mm -hmm. has also been rewarding for me there and to be able to acknowledge the dignity of people who not only, you know, those who are inmates, but also the officers and the complexity mm -hmm. um, of our relationships with each other and our our, our system. So um, I've had the opportunity to work very closely with a number of men over the course of a couple of years who wanted to be baptized. Mm -hmm. um, and um, because that's something that I had done in most of my time here at Santa Clara, it's and in my kind of just um, formational experience, it's been something that I've been able to do that has been, yeah, very transformative. Um, in my early years, I, I kind of felt the pain of like, oh, if only, you know, we could be doing this baptism in this church the way we do it with students. And and yet, even in a very stark um, room that is used for barbershop, playing cards and playing classes, um, there's an incredible sacredness to that um, that transcends those circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's been a very meaningful experience for me. And, and I, I feel has has added to what I do here and certainly not taking things for granted, mm -hmm. um, but also recognizing that, you know, how one decision here or there can change the trajectory of one's life mm -hmm. um, and how and no one's invisible. And yet there's, there's certainly a rea reality when I go into a jail of like, okay, there are, there are, are certain, you know, people that are more represented in this space. Mm -hmm. um, there are more men of color here um, and, and kind of the ache of that as well. And so um, I think that there's a lot there. Um, mm -hmm. I think personally it's been extremely um, uh, meaningful work. Next week will be my last time going in. Mm -hmm. um, just as I, I kind of anticipate a transition and not, and wanting to be um, responsible and, and kind of the relationships I've built there. Mm -hmm. And so um, just as I'm transitioning out of here, mm -hmm. that's also been a realizing I need to begin that transition there. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, on that note of the transition, how do you, how do you think about that or what kind of 
systems or trainings or discussions are you trying to yeah. have to to accomplish that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, it's I very practically. I know I have a lot of notes that I'm like on almost on a daily basis when I think of something. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to ca- capture that. Um, I'm cognizant after 20 plus years here. There's a lot that's you know just in my mind, and so mm-hmm. it's always been kind of one of the things I I share with my staff is like you know let's make sure we document things, document things. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be things that you know, won't be able to be captured. But um, one of the things that is high on my list is trying to um, fill a position that has been vacant. So it's a campus minister for religious diversity. Mm-hmm. And again, given to some of the things that I mentioned about both the challenge and the kind of the need, that's a real crucial thing. It's mm-hmm. harder to, to hire someone with our, you know, just the cost of living in this area. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping to be able to, to do that. So that's like a very kind of tactical thing that you need to do um but also you know as being able to provide as much information for my successor to have understanding of different relationships Mm -hmm. different things but also knowing that you know it'll be an opportunity for a person a next person to with new eyes mm-hmm. uh, with other experience to see things in a different way mm-hmm. um, i would not expect whoever comes into this role to do things the same way or mm-hmm. same thing um, mm-hmm. um, i think it's a, it's a great opportunity for someone to come mm-hmm. in so for me that's also important in the transition of like i want to give whoever's coming into this role as much information as i can mm-hmm. but also it's with the freedom of you know yeah. they will be able to do what they feel is going to be best mm-hmm. um, for for our students. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Santa Clara is very thankful for your time that you've, you've been here. I'd love to wrap Thank up you. with a couple shorter questions. Okay. Um, okay. So first of all, what is one place that you've really loved that you've traveled? Um, Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii uh-huh. is great. I feel at home there. Um, are there any book recommendations of things that you think every student should maybe check out? Um, I, I recently finished reading, um, Barking to the Choir, Father Greg mm-hmm. Boyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and Father Ings also referenced it in his yeah. recent state university. Yeah, he actually university. did mention it yeah. <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, and so I, that's, um, that's a great book. Um, I would also say Just Mercy, um, mm-hmm. by Brian Stevenson. Yeah. That, with the work I was doing, great Mm-hmm. Uh, what advice would you give to a first year student who just comes to college? Um, make sure you get enough sleep. <laughs> uh huh. Um, if you could send a message to every person in the United States, what would you want to say? Um, take a deep breath and be willing to listen to other people. Hmm. And what does your ideal Saturday look like? Uh, no alarm clock. Um, read the paper old school um try to get to the gym get together with friends watch a good movie awesome well thanks so much for doing this interview you're welcome you're welcome thanks thank you so much for listening to the show today you can subscribe to voices of santa clara on the itunes podcast app you can visit voicesofsantaclara.com for interview transcripts and you can like the facebook page special thanks to miles elliott for the music thank you for listening and have a nice day